You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Welcome to another episode of Watchpoint Radio, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Overwatch and its community. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Bobby Schischler, also known as Blazing Bob. Hey, 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 what's going on, guys? Yes, I'm here with Anthony Fox, also known as The Runs. What's up, everybody? And we have a special guest tonight, uh, Skyline. How you doing? I'm doing well. How is it going? Everything's good, and we're really glad to have you here. Bob, being the most excited, he's a huge fan. Yeah, I'm a little bit nervous because of it, too. <laughs> don't be. I don't, I don't play it. <laughs> Much. Yeah. I thought he was going to follow up like, unless you want me to, but I don't know. <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a hard period at the end of that sentence. I don't play it. <laughs> All right, this is episode number 67. We are recording on July 31st for a release on August 4th. A uh, couple things to talk about. Like literally right before the show, we just got some information on uh, summer games. Um, obviously, we're going to be talking here uh, with Skyline here. We got a couple patch notes to go over um, and, and, you know, and, and more. But before we get started, before we get in, uh, into our interview with Skyline, I wanted to welcome anybody who is listening for the very first time. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to uh, check out the show. And, uh, you know, we do talk news and some esports and competitive, but the main focus of the show is the community and the state of the game. So even when we talk about those topics, it usually focuses around the community. So um, if you enjoy the show and you want to follow us, you can just hit us up on Twitter or follow us on Twitter at Watchpoint Radio. And if you want to, you can join us on our Discord, which is discord.mash4.me, which is Discord dot mash the number four dot me so uh let's head to community feedback we did get a new review and we got a story from bull dioxide that we wanted to hop into um first re- itunes review was from d adam al 1952 he says i don't even play Watchpoint, which we we're pretty sure he means overwatch and i could listen to y'all talk forever keep up the good work p.s bobs the bomb.com he has great hair Somebody's trolling me, man. Somebody's trolling me hard. (laughs) Was it the hair comment or the bomb.com? Both. But at least they're not trolling in a a one-star way. At least they're trolling in a five-star way. Yeah, that's fine with me. Trolling in a five-star way works. (laughs) It works for me. I'm going to choose to think that it's a girl that loves my hair. Yeah, I'm gonna live in my own world, Bobby's world. Yeah, I don't think so. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> the bomb.com part gave it away. It's a dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, either way, it is flattery. <laughs> 
All right. So uh, we did get a story from Bull Dioxide, a success story, it looks like. So he says, um, okay, so after losing a whole crap load of SR on my account, I was getting discouraged with the game. I decided to go back to my roots and start playing Lucio again. I was regularly regularly getting twenty to 30,000 healing and six plus minutes of objective time, but I couldn't win games. It was suggested by a friend that maybe it was time to try out a new account. So I bought a second one with the plan, with the plan in mind. So solo queue uh, Lucio as I can and see what I can do on that account. So I grinded out the levels for a comp and went straight in at 25. Being a fresh account insta-locking Lucio, I was just steamrolling through placements. I won my first five, lost the sixth, won the seventh, eighth, and tied nine and tenth. So after placing 2853 on the alt, I stopped playing it for fear of dropping. Coming into the season, I decided I was getting to diamond one way or another. So I set out to do placements. By the third one, I was playing with 2900s to 3200s. That was all I needed to keep going. I grinded out the placements and landed 29-16 on my placements. So instead of being a chicken about it, I queued up and again, I queued up again and won the next four games in a row. Suddenly I was 30-73. It's renewed my love of the game and I never have been more motivated to play. Oh, congratulations for making diamond. Yeah, that's bowl awesome. Dioxide. Congrats, I mean, bull. So much of it I'd, is uh, uh, the mentality for sure. I think just the act of Making a new account doesn't technically actually do anything for you. It's it, it's the same as being on your old account, but the mindset of being like, oh, this is just a, a new account. I can just do whatever. You're no longer nervous. You're no longer held down by all those fears and the whatnot, which uh, oftentimes can lead players to be more successful for sure. Well, that is, that is really true. And I know Bull, and we met in season two, and we were both just gold for life, it, it it seemed like. And we went seasons, and then last season, he did hit platinum, and I hit diamond. Um, but I did it first on a new account, and I always seem to play on those ones that aren't my my mains a lot, a lot better, because just exactly what you said i'm like oh it's okay it's you know it's not it's it's not it's not my main and then i always seem to win so i think there's a lot to that i, I do think there is some hidden mmr stuff because it took forever to get my main up but there's no proof of that so yeah so yeah congrats i'm actually still trying to get that i think if i just played more i'd, I'd do it like Playing two games a week is not it's not helping out. Um, True. I mean, I'm close, but not helping out. But I think I know who to blame for that. Oh yeah, I think it's the girl. Oh yeah, she actually might be watching, so she <laughs> she might have some words about that. <laughs> fight, fight. No. Uh, like I said, today is not about me. It is about Skyline coming to the show to uh, to talk to us. You know, uh, he came he, like you have your own YouTube channel. You have your own discord, which we're going to get in, you know, to all that. Um, how like how did you get here? Like, how, like what brought you into Overwatch? Like, you know, like why do you do what you do? Well, I grew well when I was growing up, it was right around. Well, around when I was like 12 or 13 is right when the first YouTubers started getting into competitive gaming. I remember I was watching Warcraft 3 commentaries by a guy named Oversky. I was watching, you know, there was Lumina, you know, there was Dota commentaries, all that sort of stuff. 
And that was relatively new, but I was getting into it basically right out of the get-go. And that's all I watched. I didn't watch TV. I didn't watch anything else besides pretty much that, you know, uh, commentaries on competitive games. And then eventually I started watching the Day 9 StarCraft Daily, very famous. You all probably know him. Mm-hmm. And he became like a really big role model for me. I thought he was super cool. And I always wanted to be that. I always wanted to uh, be a commentator or some sort of personality in esports. It was just never practical, right? If you're like, ah, oh, daddy, I, you know, hey, dad, what, what about getting a communicate? You know, what about getting into esports? Like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> go, go, uh, <laughs> go, get a real job, whatever. And so I did actually make a YouTube channel for a game called Heroes of New Earth, which was very popular at its time for an esports uh, for an esport. It got a couple thousand subs, but because I was in school. Eventually, I dropped out of it, and it was only recently uh, I I finally, you know, I'm done with school. I graduated with I graduated with my master's degree, and I'm like, hey, you know what? Before I go and be that go before I go get an office job, before I go do that stuff, I'm going to try to do what I always wanted to do. So I made a channel for Overwatch. Overwatch had just come out. I was super hyped for it. It was, you know, this big new esports or potential esports, this big new competitive game was supposed to come out by Blizzard, you know, StarCraft, WarCraft, love those games. And so I was like, okay, let's make a YouTube channel. And I think that part of the reason I was able to do so well and bring something unique to the table is that there aren't many people around like me who grew up on it. I'm like the very first generation that was able to grow up on these commentary channels. So I kind of have all of their experience backed up not that i'm super awesome i still have a ton of stuff to learn but i think that i I was able to bring something unique to the table in that regard yeah well what about you like your uh your gaming background like what type of games did you because you're saying you you grew up with these commentators what type of games did you play growing up as well well at this point i've played basically every big competitive game there is i started with warcraft starcraft warcraft 3 Probably still my favorite game of all time as far as like relative to when I played it. Thousands of hours of that when I was a kid. It's one uh, on mine too. Oh oh yeah. Warcraft three, a lot of people a lot of people hold that game game dearly for good reason. I was top five hundred. In in the ladder? That's pretty awesome. Yep. I was on East. I was I was never good at laddering. But I finally got my first competitive game that I really got good at was Heroes of New Earth, which was Ice Frog was actually working on that game. It was supposed to be the Dota 2. Eventually, Ice Frog dropped out, but it was very big for a while. And I was probably, on the ladder, I was top five supports. I would say I was probably, honestly, top five supports in uh, uh, probably probably either North America, Europe, the world, something like that. I was really good at that game. That's why my YouTube channel got any traction at all. But then I went on to do Dota 2. I was like 5K in that. League of Legends, I was like Diamond 3. Played some StarCraft 2 where I got ranked uh, relatively highly. Um, Counter-Strike as well. So I, I kind of got a feel for all the... I just love competitive gaming in general. But definitely, uh, it's kind of surprising, I guess, to me that I ended up in Overwatch considering that most of my background is in MOBAs and RTS titles. My worst game by far was Counter-Strike. And so I... Yeah. <laughs> But I think it's cool that Overwatch combines all of them. And because I have experience in all of them, it really helped me out. Mm. Now, I, I, re, uh, I remember Heroes of New Earth very, very well. Um, I actually, I, if you would have asked me, like around the time that Heroes of New Earth was in beta and so with, was League, 
I was I was like, Her- Heroes is gonna crush League. Like, there's no oh, yeah. way. And then like, nope, didn't happen. <laughs> like, didn't happen. I think they held on to that pricing model for too long. And that's that's one of the things I think. That got them. Yeah, the major thing is League of Legends' very innovative free to play model that they had for their game mm-hmm. was just wrecking. Plus, uh, here's North had some like community issues, and eventually, yep, League of Legends took over. But yeah, that free, the free to play model for League of Legends really was one of the biggest things, biggest boons for it early in its lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you mentioned that you know Overwatch, you know, combines you know, MOBAs and aspects from other shooters. Even the developers have talked about quite a bit. But do you think that's what makes Overwatch special? Like, what do you think makes Overwatch special and and separates it from other shooters in that case? Yeah, Overwatch is definitely the most... So you had... Yeah, well, Overwatch definitely is the the most team-oriented competitive fps at least that was done at least that was marketed enough and done by a big enough studio to be polished and have a big player base uh, you know it's it's definitely the first big popular fps that's played on a competitive level that has all the teamwork elements you see in mobas and whatnot now you know people harken back to tf2 tf2 is very similar obviously but it never had nearly the competitive following that overwatch does today even on a relative scale so Overwatch is definitely unique in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I TF2, competitive TF2, I, I tried that for a little bit, and I did not mesh well with it. And they had a super tight-knit community of people who play competitive yep. to the point that they pushed people out uh, to a degree. Like, I, I remember there used to be... Um, it wasn't called an LFG, but it was like a pug site, basically. You go to it, you sign up, you try to... Uh, get into a couple of competitive pugs and there was active resistance from the people who pugged on a regular basis bringing new people in and i was like i've seen this before because that's what killed unreal tournament yeah <laughs> so I, I yeah as uh so i was relatively involved with the community you know being you know a community leader i guess relatively early on in overwatch like season probably the near the end of season one ish and that was something that I was fighting tooth and nail because I saw that that happened for TF2. I saw that that happened also Heroes of New Earth when I said community issues. That was one of them is that there was that big gap between competitive, quote unquote, and casual, quote unquote, and they would always argue with each other. So when a lot of the TF2 players came to Overwatch and they were doing their thing that they were doing in TF2, we were like, oh, well, we're the competitor. I was like, stop, stop. So that's part of the reason it's this is honestly this is an honest message for me but part of the reason why i push positivity so much on my youtube channel is was to counteract a lot of the negativity that was coming from the old school tf2 competitive players so that's a fun story uh, also pertinent to the beginning of my channel i try to push it all thanks to you started listening to you uh right after you were on the the omnic lab and i push positivity constantly because of you well, I'm I I hope that the I get I get a lot of messages saying, you know, hey, thank you for, uh, you know, giving that percent, like sending that message. It really helped me out when I was laddering today. I stay positive and I want a game because of something like that. It always really makes me happy to see those messages. Morale, morale, man, your team has it and it can go up and it can go down. Yeah, I think it's something uh, the, um, negativity or even toxicity. A lot of people don't 
understand the lasting effects it can have on a game. Uh, there was a there was a video that came out uh, a couple weeks ago saying you know that toxicity can't really kill a game, and I like that is one hundred percent. Oh yeah, no, uh, not true. Like toxicity can 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 can, can totally kill a game i've seen it kill other games where you have you know this elite tier of players and like if you're somebody down below trying to come up you did there's no help there's a lot of nastiness and that's how you stop new players from coming it's not the way to go and everybody gets on that train where they just you know the next person talks to the next person this next person talks to the next person then and it gets ridiculous the little kids see the older kids do it and it's just a never-ending thing yeah so what do you think, uh, as great as Overwatch is, what do you th- what are a couple of things that you think could make Overwatch better? Mm. Really? Um, and this is, this is going to be a, an Overwatch episode pretty soon, uh, of, a video coming out pretty soon is, not pretty soon, but maybe in the next few weeks when people are, when I'm ready for it, when I have my full argument done. But honestly, delete Lucio. Get that here <laughs> out of the game. Uh, not actually delete him, but I think that Lucio's speed boost does a lot of really bad things for the game in general. And I know a lot of people, players like playing Lucio. So I, I, I want to keep Lucio, obviously. It's be unfair to lead him. But, uh, you know, the speed boost is just too much. It's really warped it's a lot of metas into being, yeah, it's warped a lot of metas into being very one strategy based because think of what it does, right? All it does is it boosts everything, literally. You know, it's no pun intended. It boosts everything. So if there's one strategy that's like pretty good, then Lucio makes it super good. And if there's a strategy that counters another strategy a little bit, then if you add Lucio's in, it just makes it even more extreme. So now it's a super hard counter. That's what all, all Lucio does is it pushes everything in the game to its absolute most extreme. It doesn't actually add any dynamics. Like it doesn't add anything itself. It just pushes everything. And additionally from a, and esports, because I do a lot of commentating, I do a lot of uh, analysts, you know, dealing in the esports side of things, in the viewership, in the observing side of things. And what Lucio does, it takes away a really precious part of the game, which is the setup. There's no setup with Lucio involved. Basically, teams are just like, okay, we're here, and then we're killing you. There's no actual, like, going up, taking the angles, walking forward. Lucio pretty much negates all of that. It removes any positioning from the game. Because you're just here, and then you're there with the speed boost. So my number one thing that I think would make Overwatch the best it could possibly be is remove speed boost from Lucio, change it to either he can he could he could be fast, he could be fast all the time. You know, he can be as fast as he wants. But the aura should be like maybe cooldown or attack speed or some reload, like something like that, not speed boost. That's the first time I ever actually heard. That's not what I was expecting. Very yeah, very unique opinion. Very unique. Opinion. You know when you when you listen to that, you sort of do. You're like, yeah, he's right. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's what I've done this this whole season. I'm like, okay, three, two, one, speed boost, go, 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 and then you just call a target, and it's just really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that, that, that that it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I have no counter argument. <laughs> that it's definitely something i mean when when i released that and i and i uh kind of published that to the community i want to make sure it's 100 percent rock solid because that's definitely something that is a pretty bold statement you know delete the the most iconic hero from the game delete its most iconic ability that is is a pretty bold statement but i i do i still believe it's true i was saying it in season one i was like i think lucio is probably going to be really bad for this game in the long run and i still feel it now so 
I'm done. And I've heard a lot of a lot of opinions on give other other heroes the speed boost. Yeah, but no. from your opinion, that would just that would just compound the problem because then you'd have you'd have double, you know, yeah. Lucio. They'd be in two different spots. Yes, uh, I, I really don't like ever having that mentality where it's like, oh, this hero is really OP because he has a really awesome shield. Know how we can make him less OP? Just make an equally OP character who also has an awesome shield. You know, kind of like the Reinhardt argument uh, was for the longest time. It's like, no, just just nerf him because you don't want to have multiple heroes doing the same thing. The idea is that all heroes are unique, but balanced. And... uh I think Blizzard has done a really good job with that. It's just that they're running into a problem with Lucio and you can see them struggling. They're like, nerf, didn't do anything. Nerf, didn't do anything. Nerf again, didn't do anything. Rework, didn't do anything. Nerf, didn't do anything. Like, they just can't fix it. It's They're trying, but I think it's impossible. Yeah, they for sure made it harder to play him because then you, you have to be closer before you could just hit anybody anywhere. But it's still, yeah, it still is pretty pretty OP. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's kind of hard to see what they could do about it without taking it out, you know. And obviously, they're trying to avoid that, but you know, sometimes you gotta make the hard changes, <laughs> as they've done with some characters. Uh, but why don't you tell us, like, what are some of the projects you're currently working on, or what you, you know, what you have worked on? Oh yeah, well, I'm, I'm a little bit overloaded right now. Actually, I, I maybe have paid off a little bit more than I can chew, but I have my YouTube channel which is going great. I do normal videos for that. And then I added on to that the Skyline Daily, which is mostly daily, we should say. And basically, it's uh, taking direct inspiration from the Day 9 StarCraft Daily, where basically during weekdays, I take 30 minutes to an hour. I go over a, a map that was played in a pro match or not always a pro match, maybe like a just any competitive match that, that I have access to. And I pick out one thing that I think is really cool or really insightful. And I say, hey, look at this. Look at how the Winston initiates. And every fight I go over that. So uh, I have that series where, you know, the chat asks me questions and stuff on the match. I have a third series that I just started called Overwalk, where it's uh, it's basically I take my dog for a walk and I talk about something. It's like kind of a ranty video. It's not really a rant, but it's basically just a discussion video where I'm taking my dog for, through, for, for a walk through woods or a park or something. And uh, people seem to really like it, so I'm going to keep going with it. That's for my YouTube channel. I stream on Twitch, just playing games. Now, I also do stuff for PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. I'm the kind of the premier caster for the most competitive player PlayerUnknown Battlegrounds league right now uh, for EU and it's really fun being able to see that game grow and being a part of the growth of that esport. And uh, then I do lots of casting and analyst stuff for Overwatch. I just went to DreamHack Atlanta uh, last weekend where I casted some collegiate Overwatch. It was a blast there. So yeah, I've got, I'm just full schedule, man, with, with all this stuff. That's awesome. I do have a question that one of our, our listeners wanted to know. Uh, he's trying to get into casting and he was curious if you think it is it is viable to do camera work while casting um yeah it's totally well i mean i guess it depends viable it is optimal 
It is not, but I, I would say 99% of the casts I have ever done, I have also been the observer for just because there aren't a lot of people who know how to do observing and broadcasting. So I've really, plus for my videos, oftentimes I am doing so I'm like doing stuff in game while I'm talking about it. So I guess it's something that's almost second nature to me right now. I don't even notice that I'm observing while I'm casting, but it's something that certainly um, will be difficult for you if you aren't used to observing and you're not used to casting, doing both is going to be difficult. But yeah, it's, it's super viable, 100%. Obviously, the most optimal setup is if you have a bunch of people, have an observer, have a production aid, have all this stuff. But uh, totally, like, don't don't think that because you don't have a dedicated observer, it, you can't cast this. No. Well, I turned him on to your your uh, your intro video on on casting, which is really really insightful and helpful. Yeah, yeah, on, on observing. I, I just got so many questions about people asking me, how do I get into observing Overwatch? Like, how do I, mostly CS observers, League of Legends, like people from other games, especially at, at when I went to DreamHack is when I finally decided to do the video because I had like 20 people literally could be like, oh, you know, I want to observe Overwatch. How do I do it? This sort of thing. So it's like, I'm just going to make a video because there isn't anything like that out right now. And uh, hopefully a lot of people get benefit from it. It wasn't meant for like normal people. It was meant for like only specific people who wanted to get into observing Overwatch. Uh, I didn't even think about it until I watched it, and I was like, maybe this is something I could do. So, I think I mean, all of of your videos are just really concise and just like really dive, really dive, dive deep in and. I don't think anyone else that I know of really dives as deep as you do currently. Like there's a whole lot of fluff in a lot of the the YouTube videos and yours are to the point you don't sugarcoat it. I love it. Yeah, well that's uh that's definitely the selling point of my channel. I try to be the most in like I don't do news or anything like that, for example. You know, your Overwatch uh, Stylosa, they're really awesome. They do really awesome videos that just give like news and stuff and updates, and they're really good on the on the theory videos and stuff. But I just stick to the game, and that's uh, what my channel is all about. It's awesome. Yeah, I actually it was funny that you brought up observers. I was just at a at a pretty big tournament this weekend in Philadelphia, or right outside of Philadelphia. I was talking to one of the TOs, and he was talking about how difficult it is to find observers when they're doing their tournaments because they, they do the setup where they have an observer and then they have the casters yes. and they're separate. And so having a skill like that, that, that is an in-demand skill. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Tournaments. For sure. Uh, if you, right now, technically the, the most in-demand skill for Overwatch if you want to get into esports is observing. The problem with that, well, the reason why a lot of people don't want to do observing is because you have no brand. Like uh, if you're a caster and you cast, you develop your brand, right? You get Twitter followers and stuff, but if you're observing, you're 100% in the background, so it's not as cool or sexy or whatever to do. That's true. But if you are, uh, like, if you, especially if you're working with tournament organizers, they talk to each other. Yes, for sure. You know, like, hey, you, you, you know, I, I worked with this person. He was great at observing. That's how the people who were observing at this tournament, because it was... It wasn't even. It wasn't just Overwatch. It was multiple games. They had like Counter Strike. They had Starcraft. They had, you know, and it was the same problem across the board. Uh, but they, you know, they found that their observers through references from other tournament organizers. So 
I mean, it depends what you want to do, right? Like, if you really want to be, like, the face, if you want the branding, then, yeah, it's not going to work out for you. But if you're just looking to work in the tournament scene and, uh, you know, even make a little money doing it, that's, that's not a bad way to go at all. You know, there's no way you could have told me, you know, 15 years ago that being an observer would be a way to make money. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yep. Wasn't going to happen at all. All right, so uh, I guess let's get back into to Overwatch. Um, specifically, what you like in Overwatch? Like, what are your favorite uh, your hero favorite heroes? Or do you have any mains? Yeah, well, I'm a I'm a support player. I play all five supports. There are five, right? Uh, so one, two, three, four. Yeah, there are five. Okay, got that right. Um, <clears throat> and I, for the longest time, I was known as an Anna player because in season one, when everyone was saying Anna's really bad, I was one of the kind of the pioneer players who picked her up and brought her to a really high level. Uh, but after that, you know, Zenyatta is a hero that I have a lot of experience with as well. Mercy, Lucio, not for I, not for a long time I didn't play Lucio, but I, I did pick him up recently so I can play him at a proper level now. And Symmetra was another hero that I, I also got very good with. So pretty much all supports I play. And uh, I never, I pretty much never played anything else. I, I could play Tracer. That was the only non-support hero I could play. But now that Doomfist is coming out, I'm very excited. I love Doomfist, so I'm probably going to be like exclusive i'm probably gonna have like an account that's just doomfist playing ranked trying to get it to top 500 or at least high gm hmm gotcha you're like the opposite of me i'm like not good at support like at all well, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say at all when it counts i'm not good at support <laughs> <laughs> skyline what's your favorite support to play uh it really depends like- on my mood I, for the longest time i'm gonna have to say still anna Anna is a little bit less just because I played her so much. I'm like, okay, let's play something else. But I think if you take that away, Anna is my favorite support to play. Okay. I started, I actually just started getting into her, and I find her awesome to play. She's so much fun. Yeah, she's. Uh, I like how everything you do, you can just outskill your way out of everything. Like anything that happens, you can always control. You can kill anything. You can heal anything. You can right. ult to save people. It's not like sometimes with... You know, with Mercy, for example, you're like, well, I couldn't really that. I, uh, not, not, not that. Uh, well, actually, I'm gonna say old Lucio, old Lucio before his like before the rework. That was the ultimate hero where it's like, well, I couldn't have done anything there. It was just whatever. Anna's definitely right. the most control out of any support hero, and probably the the for sure the the highest skill cap. Yeah, I'd say oh, yeah. Lucio's tech, like up there also. Yeah, Lucio's close too. Hmm. Well, do you have any uh, favorite maps? Hmm. That you like to play on? Favorite maps that I like to play on? I mean, I guess they'd be my highest win rate maps, which I suppose are like really good. <laughs> I'm really good at playing two CP maps. I don't know. I'm just really good at them. Uh, as far as favorite maps to just watch, I think that's probably more relevant to me. Like f- my favorite maps from a design point, my favorite maps to watch. Uh, there, there are quite a few actually. And oddly enough, I do. I like two CP maps more than most people. Like Full Sky Industries is awesome. Everyone hates that map. Uh- <laughs> I, I hear so much hate for two CP. I just like why. Like I mean, I, I've heard the technical reasons why. Like why people hate two CP, but at the same time, I'm just like eh, it's not that big of a deal to me. Yeah, I don't. I've never really minded them much. Well, I, like I still them a lot. like I don't hybrid the most. 
but yeah, no, I, go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily have like one favorite map though. I, I, I like I, I think Oasis was really cool in the King of the Hill category. I think Little Sky is cool in two CP. If you have like uh, Payload, would be I guess, hmm, what would be my favorite assault map? Uh, I guess like Gibraltar is really cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with those three for the three different main categories. All right. Uh, favorite skin was a question here. Hmm. Favorite skin. I don't know. So if, if so, people who follow my channel know about the meme where it's like open your loot boxes. I have, I think I'm up to five or six hundred loot boxes now on my account that are unopened. So I'm not really big into skins, but definitely <laughs> the, the new ones like the the loose the Jazz Lucio, probably my favorite skin just from a design stand point of view because I love how it changes his his uh, notes. I, I I think Jazz Lucio is probably the coolest. It's what I've been using nice. all season. Yeah, wasn't upset that I didn't get that one. Yeah, I've been winning <laughs> with it, so I've wanted to change it, at, honestly, because like the music kind of throws me off. I just don't really like the music, but I've been winning, and I've got a really good win percentage, and I just, I'm superstitious. Oh, also the pre-order Widowmaker skin because um, elitism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, until I got... Oh, was until I got the Uprising Widowmaker skin, that was what I was using. I didn't have any other good Widowmaker skins. <laughs> so, then again, I really don't play Widowmaker. She's probably... Uh, she might be my least pick hero. Might be. Uh, so, you have any um, tips for the average player? Hmm, I have a lot of tips for the average player. Uh, hundreds of They're them. They're on your YouTube channel. Yeah, on my <laughs> YouTube channel, man. Uh, let me... Yeah, I'll give one tip, though. One super secret, exclusive tip only for mash those buttons radio podcast um i don't i don't have one but the, the basically uh, it's just it's just mentality 100% what we were talking about before it's mentality you need to just go through and not uh, just stay positive essentially you know that's the that's the mantra of my channel stay positive and stay constructive now, always remember no actually you know what, here this is actually exclusive this is exclusive to match those buttons podcast never said this on any video before remember that skill rating is not a tool for like skill rating is a tool okay so you're playing the game in order to improve people have been playing competitive games even way way before there was any sort of elo system like uh people who are playing quake right there is no rating you still play that competitive unreal tournament there's no rating like early starcraft work uh i guess early warcraft 3 i don't think that they had a rating system like in Reign of Chaos. But anyway, all those old games never had a rating system, but people still play them competitively. People still play them to improve and learn. And you could kind of tell how good you are, but skill rating, MMR, all that is just a tool to tell how good you're getting. So never let people use, never, like people get nervous about their skill rating, right? Skill rating is not, a, is not meant for other people to judge you. Skill rating is just a tool that you can use for yourself. So as long as you understand that, you'll have a good attitude. Skill rating is a tool for you and uh, nothing else. Don't, don't ever let it work against you. That's, that's pretty good. That is really good. <laughs> I've actually recently this season just kind of not cared. I got to diamond finally. I was like, well, that's probably as high as I'm going to get. So now I just don't really care. And I seem to do a lot better than I ever did before. So, Yeah, yeah definitely care about improvement, care about playing the game properly. Do not care about your skill rating. 
those are not those are not like mutually inclusive. You know, people here don't care about your skill rating. That means don't care about improving. No, care about improving. Care about playing the game. Don't care about your skill rating insofar as it's just a tool. You know, at the end of the season, be like, hey, my skill rating's higher. That's a good indication that I'm actually indeed better. But don't be like, the goal isn't to get a high skill rating. The goal is to get better, and then the skill rating will just come naturally because that's the tool to use to see. Gotcha. I guess I have a question. Do you think that the SR can truly uh, denote your skill in a game that's like your individual skill in a game that's really team-based? I mean, in a lot of cases, um, you can be you know, an excellent player, right? Let's say you're an excellent McCree or excellent Soldier 76, but if you have one or two people on your team that's not doing that great, it's Overwatch really isn't a game where you can carry unless the other team you're playing against just isn't, you know, great, you know? So do you think the SR system might need some tweaks or I think, do you think that... Yeah, I, th- yeah I think that it's 100% accurate. If you just were to go by win-loss, it's 100% fine. Because uh, remember, it's on average. It's on average. Yes, you can't carry a game where people say, well, wh- what was I supposed to do when my Lucio was falling off the ledge uh, and throwing and we were just going to lose, right? The, if, the idea is not to win every game. Same thing in League of Legends, Counter-Strike, all those other games. The, the goal is to win games on average. If you have a 51% win rate, you will climb after enough games. Hopefully, you have more than 51% win rate. The goal is 55 60%. It's like poker also. In poker... You see the same players consistently winning, and it's not because they win every game. It's because, on average, they win 60% of the time, 65% of the time. It obviously depends on the skill gap. A GM player will not have a 100% win ratio in bronze. They'll have a 98%, 99% win ratio. Maybe not even. Maybe like a 95 96% win ratio. And uh, that's just kind of how it works. It's, uh, I mean, you can consistently see that the same player will get to the same skill rating level given the same uh the same set of i guess uh criteria every single time the only thing i don't like about the skill rating system is that it uses your skill your to like offset your gains and a lot of people you see abuse that a lot it's like well sombra used to be free mmr because it was like if you played sombra halfway decently it would always just inflate your mmr uh, heroes like Anna was super super hard to get MMR with because a lot of people were playing Anna. So I think if they just cut that out, or like maybe only only make those happen in placements and then just cut out the skill based rating system, I'd be very happy because just wins and losses. Like the definition of being good at a game is how well you how much you win. That's the definition of being good at a game. And so if you are if you just look at the law of averages, if you're playing support and you play better than their support every single game consistently, your team will consistently win. Because if you just put random players against each other, it's going to be 50% win rate anyway. You're the only person who can offset that. All right. Uh, let's see. Do you, um, do you, are there any common mistakes that you see players making on a regular basis? Uh, common mistakes... Yes, I I would say that probably the most common mistake is simply dot is well I guess it depends on the skill rating but if we were to take the biggest chunk of players and say what their mistake is the biggest mistake is dying too much, which seems very obvious and like well thanks Mister Genius dying too much right <laughs> but basically the idea is 
up until you're so here's actually kind of the the way most games work competitive competitive games or just actually any game but we'll take overwatch here so most players start out way 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 too aggressive and they just die all the time until they get to about diamond so uh, up until you're around diamond to maybe even masters just play way more passive play to not die if you play to not die you're gonna be way way better don't worry about the plays you could have missed worry about just staying alive and you'll almost certainly climb once you're then players learn that though players figure out oh wait i need to be more passive when i climb so then they become too passive so actually you see in masters to gm players are playing too passively and so to those players i say you need to play more actively to climb and be more aggressive and then once you get into the gm levels it becomes more of a individual player but that is by far the biggest broad spectrum uh, mistake players make either too passive or too aggressive and that's kind of the division of which players do what yeah that was one of the the biggest things that i did too i mean a lot of the things you say i mean i've watched all your videos so but like that helped me a ton too is just like Every time I die, I'm like, how could I have not died there? What did I do wrong that I died? And sometimes, you know, like it's a team fight and I couldn't have got out of there, but maybe I should have positioned myself prior just a little bit better. And recording my games and watching them over has helped quite a bit too. Yeah, but, yeah. reviewing your own VODs can definitely help if you do it constructively. Yeah, because I'll see I'll I'll see stuff that I'm like I can't believe I didn't even see Mercy fly across my screen there. What the heck? But I was focused on killing that one guy, and so I just didn't even see the other thing. Tunnel vision. Yeah, I think the um, being able to review your own bots will be get will get much better when they actually have like a like a like a, a replay or a demo system in the game, like Replays, StarCraft. Please, yeah. Def- Jeff, please. I, uh, I I think this is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He they already get, said this in a developer update or something like that. But yeah, I was I was told as well that replays are definitely num- numero uno priority or like pretty pretty high up there. It's just that they're still in development. And if they just recently if they recently released the ability to save, you know, that you could save clips, and that's like the first coming, you know, the the preemptive coming of replays. Yeah, yeah, like that's. I just didn't think it would take them this long to do it uh, because, I mean, we found out that, um, you know, even when they do play the game, right, that's not just a video of what happened. It's actually replaying, you know, in game, like in that, you know, volume, what happened. So I I was just surprised, like, why couldn't they just, you know, record the entire game? Um, yeah, and, and then just yeah. let, and then just let you run back through it. Well, you know what makes Overwatch so much more difficult than other games. So when you talk about and people give this a lot, League, Dota, StarCraft, they all have replay systems. Why can't Overwatch have it? Well, Overwatch does have a replay system, and uh, but the problem is actually it's distribution. The problem is actually having an infrastructure where players can download their replays and it's because overwatch replays are so much bigger and more complex than other games if you take a game like league or dota it's a 2d plane you just click around so there are a very limited number of actions and you have the four abilities right where in overwatch you can go up back down jump uh the various you know there's various trajectories being calculated in a 3d space the replays for overwatch are much bigger data wise than something like an Overwatch League. So if you want replays for Overwatch, we're talking, 
I don't know the exact number, but for example, 10 times the bandwidth, the bandwidth for infrastructure than something like a StarCraft. And that's the problem they're having right now is being able to have that infrastructure to have enough bandwidth to actually distribute the replays. That makes a lot of sense, especially since, you know, like the King of the Hill maps, for example, are like three different maps. But in reality, it's one map with three different areas and it like it all loads at the same time. So that could present a problem. Like stuff, stuff like that presents problems as well. So hopefully, I mean, it's, I think we'll see so much more improvement in the community once that happens, you know, because not everybody knows that they can. um let's say do like a, a shadow play save or console players don't have any options. Uh, don't watch well, say They don't have any options, but they don't have um, like what a 15 minute option at most for PlayStation. And then on the Xbox is just not that easy uh, to record as much as you want. So uh, I think that'd be a, a huge help. At the very least, the Overwatch League would be awesome if I could watch it and then also connect and watch any player that I want to. I yes, mean, that I, would be yeah. unbelievable. I really hope I, they have plans to do that. I really hope that it comes to fruition, you know, sometime soon. Be cool. Yeah. So ha- have you coached any teams before? Uh, yep, I've coached three teams in Overwatch. I coached uh, two teams that no one knows who they are. They're just like random tier. Uh, in season one, they're like tier three, tier two ish teams, you know, like uh, uh, high GM top 500 teams, but they were just random players. Uh, probably the, uh, the biggest team I coached was team elevate. They had a roster for the early part of overwatch and I was coaching their roster until they wound up dropping. Actually they dropped the players, but they, they were like, We'll drop the players, but you can stay on as a coach for the, if we get a next the next team. I was like, okay, I'll I'll stick around for a little bit. They never picked up another team, but yeah, I coached for Elevate for about a m- couple months, something like that. Okay, uh, are you coaching anybody now, or just sticking to the YouTube stuff? Uh, no, I no no time to coach teams for sure, but I, I'm. I do get requests for a coach for private coaching every day, so I'm th- I have something in the works to maybe get some private coaching out to people potentially. What okay. about the Overwatch League? If you got an opportunity like that, um, if I got an if I've got an opportunity to coach for a team for Overwatch League, I I definitely think the coaching is very fun. I love coaching; it's super cool. Definitely. I would never want I would I could never do anything that would interfere with the my current projects like my YouTube doing casting analysts because those are the things I really want to do and those are things you really need to stick on. Coaching is something I really enjoy but not something that I want as an end goal. And so the thing is right now if I were to be a coach that's well, okay, let me explain it like this. A coach doesn't have nearly as much security as a YouTuber analyst or whatever, because right now I'm building my brand on YouTube. I have all of these outlets I can use. So for example, uh, you know, even if all of Overwatch were to die, which is not going to happen, I could do PUBG or I could do another game, right? I still am out there. I can still do things. I'm building my own brand. It's me. If I was coaching for a team, the problem is being an employee like that it could just drop me at any time. And uh, so I love coaching, but 
my n- numero uno priority is certainly all of the broadcasting stuff that I'm doing. Gotcha. What about if they offered you broadcasting? Uh, oh yeah, for sure. I, I'm already, I mean, I'm, I'm bugging Blizzard every single week about getting me on the analyst desk and, uh, hopefully, hopefully pretty soon, hopefully pretty soon. But yeah, I'm always searching for new opportunities to do casting, to do desk work, to do all that stuff. You'd be an awesome addition for sure. So you also have a discord, correct? Uh, yep. I do have a discord. It has uh, how much? I can check it right now. It has, I think, like fifteen thousand or something people. A lot. It's uh, it's. I'm surprised. I'm very shocked at the response to it. It's made me very happy. At what a community it's grown. Yeah, I'd say fifteen thousand ain't bad. You know, <laughs> not too shabby. <laughs> not, too, not too shabby at all. Uh, do, do people just hop into your Discord just to kind of talk about your videos, or are they like, do you? Oh, you said people will ask you about coaching and stuff like that. Are there any services you provide in your Discord? Well, right now my Discord, right now the Discord, it started as just like people said you should make a Discord, and then I asked why, and then they said just do it, and so I made it. <laughs> and but now it actually has evolved some some useful features. Uh, there is a VOD. Actually, my favorite part of the Discord is the VOD review section. Obviously, I do. So I have a VOD review series on my channel where I just take people's VODs that they send me and I go over them. But I get literally hundred. I have hundreds of VODs that are in my inbox, and I can't do nearly all of them. So the VOD review channel in my Discord is great because you can post your VOD. You can post your VOD there, and then there are tons of people. There's like twenty different people who are all really awesome. They're like master GM, great people any different hero who will review your VOD for you in text form and be like, oh, here you could have done this, here you could have done that. So it's cool that if I can't review your VOD, the rest of the community can. There's also a questions section where you can ask questions. There's a video idea section where you can tell me your video ideas. I almost always do them because I love it when other people do my work for me. And then, you know, we have, we have the general discussion and stuff. And yeah, we try to keep up on community announcements also. So that's a good feed to stay up to date on the current news all right nice i did get a couple questions from uh from some of our fans uh on twitter if you wouldn't mind entertaining them um so most of them from steve d12 he's been listening to the show for a while he got a couple questions for you he asked why is your nickname skyline and if you were a cincinnati chili fan um not familiar with cincinnati chilies neither am i I <laughs> I googled it actually just now, and uh, I couldn't find any results. So I'm going to assume that it's really good because I'm a hipster. I like things that are that are less known. And if I couldn't get it on Google, then clearly it's not super known or something. So yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Uh, how the I hipster got, test. Yep. How I got my name is kind of interesting. So I only got this name for Overwatch to make my YouTube channel specifically. Before this, before I was like uh, a community figure or whatever, I didn't care about what my name was, obviously. It was just for my friends. So it was the same one I've been using since I was like 10, which was Demon Wing. Very cool for when I was 10. Yeah. <laughs> but then, awesome. But then I, when I made my channel, I was like, no, I don't think so. So I just wanted to make a name that sounded cool. Now, I, I think I, I mentioned a, a lot earlier that one of the first YouTube channels I ever watched in regards to competitive gaming was a Warcraft 3 channel 
by a guy named Oversky. Now that channel is unfortunately deleted. It makes me very sad. I think it was due to copyright. All those old channels were deleted because they used copyrighted music and stuff. But his name was Oversky. So I was like, huh, that's kind of cool. Sky. Like I like Sky is a cool sounding word. So let's do Sky. And then there's like Day Nine is another person. I was like, oh, two syllables. You know, I like the two syllable name. So it's like Sky. What can I do? And then I eventually was like, I just eventually settled on Skyline. I thought that sounded cool. Uh, I did not realize that there was a car named the Nissan Skyline, which was funny. Oh, yeah. Because... So you've never played Need for Speed Underground then? No, no, no. <laughs> I, oh, I never knew. I did not realize that there was a car named Skyline, but it was a happy coincidence because my my goal then, after I realized that there was a car named Skyline, I'm like, okay, I'm going to beat the Nissan Skyline in the search results. Like, if you Google, if you search Skyline on YouTube, you better get me. And a while ago, I think like a few months ago, I finally hit the mark where if you just YouTube Skyline and nothing else, you get my channel first. So I get I get comments, funnily enough, like maybe a couple of times a week or so, I get a comment like, um, like uh, I was just here for the car. I don't know what this is, but good luck, man. <laughs> <laughs> my kind of fans. <laughs> that was my favorite kind of car growing up. <laughs> wow, nice. Where's the car nice. videos? <laughs> <laughs> So he also asked, uh, do you think Lucio players hit the keys the loudest out of any character? I'm not sure. I'm usually pretty chill when I play Lucio. Maybe, uh, so I use the scroll wheel to jump on Lucio. I think if I didn't, I'd be really mashing that space bar. But I think that the most button mashing hero I have played so far is the new hero, Doomfist. I really mash those buttons hard, like, because all of his abilities are so tight and so important and on such low cooldowns. And you're always in the thick of danger. You're like, got a yep. ability now, you know? So I definitely think that Doomfist players have got to hit their keyboards the hardest now. I'm trying to break the habit of mashing the right click because that's messed me up a couple times. I'm like, hurry up, do it on cooldown. And then I'm like, oh, I needed to charge that up a second longer. Mm. Yeah, I, okay. find, I find myself running out of clicks and I'm like, oh, God, that's all the countdowns. I'm hitting it. Wait for it to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess a more serious question he's asking uh, is uh, people are liking the Zoomfist uh, Zarya duo. Do you see this as the strongest duo for Doomfist? And what do you think will counter it? It's definitely a very strong combo. And I think with the change to Zarya ultimate, it's probably just has no counter. Like you're just dead. It's it's like once you get that, you just lose as long as the Zarya hits the ultimate, right? So there's the Hanzo Zarya ultimate that has been a thing for a while, but you can counter that with Transcendence. You can't counter it. You can't, nothing counters Doomfist. Um, not even, you know, if a Lucio barriers, you can wait the barrier out, right? And um, even if a Lucio does barrier, you still do way too much damage. You just burst through all of it. So really the only counter to it is just spreading out and not getting Zarya ulted because now you can't even dash out of the Zarya ult with any abilities or anything like that. So I do think that that combo might be a little uh, crazy, especially, like I said, with the change to Zarya's ultimate, so you can't move out of it anymore. Whether it's the strongest combo, it definitely will be the strongest combo if you're just trying to push through. Like, okay, all we want to do is get Doomfist and Zarya and push through. They're two very slow building ults relatively, though, if you're not winning. So uh, that really balances the combo out. Now, is the reason that it can't be countered by by Zen as like uh, Hanzo Zarya can is because it all of the damage hits at one time? 
Yeah, so he just goes straight down. I don't know how much damage is that. I think it's like 300 or something like that. I need to check the exact damage stat. But yeah, he just kills everything instantaneously. Whereas Hanzo yeah, does... Yeah, Hanzo does like 100 damage per second, which Zenyatta can heal through. Yep. Okay, cool. That's something I hadn't really thought about. All right. And uh, we got another question from Squidzord. He asked, uh, why did you sell your dog? Oh, that's, uh, I I had, I had an April Fool's video where it was a skit and like the Chinese mafia came and I owed them money. So I had to sell my dog to them. And then the dog beat up the Chinese mafia and came back to me and came back home. So that's, uh, that's just a reference to that. That was, (laughs) was very sad. I cried just a little bit. (laughs) Uh, we can't have Bob getting all emotional now. Hey, right, so, what uh, what what platforms are you? Are you are you on uh, Twitch and YouTube? Uh, are there anywhere else people can find you? Twitch, YouTube, Discord counts, I suppose. And uh, I'm gonna I'm launching my own website pretty soon. Just need to do the finishing touches on that. But I think uh, I think that's about it for me. Just yeah, YouTube, Twitch, and then I'll have that website pretty soon. And then okay. And then uh, maybe, maybe when Reddit comes out with its thing, like where you can have your own personal page, I'll count Reddit also. But yeah, just mostly YouTube, Twitch. Okay, cool. And is there any way uh, for people to to help support? Uh, you know what you got going on? Do you have a Patreon or a Kickstarter? GoFundMe, coffee? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, don't no, don't have anything like that. Uh, don't have a donation button on my Twitch or anything like that. Just come and uh, participate in the community. Be positive. Uh, maybe like and subscribe. Smash that like button, as they say. And uh, yeah, just tell your friends. If you like me, then tell your friends about me. And that's that's good enough. Yeah, that's like the same thing we say. <laughs> and Batman, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure how old you were. I was like, is he going to get that reference? <laughs> uh okay well yeah thanks for coming on to the show and uh you know telling us about you know you and what you do and giving a lot of insight on on, on a lot of topics here and you know hopefully throughout the rest of the show you know i'd love to hear your input on a couple of things especially on my suggested roadhog fix which we're going to get into here in a, right. in, a, in a few minutes i'm curious so but uh let's go ahead and get we're gonna we did talk about the patches you know while they were in the ptr so we're not going to dive too deep into it but we are gonna dive into the patch notes patch notes got my uh diving suit on all right so yeah uh, <laughs> put him underwater like maybe in the the mario level two yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll let that slide bob um so just to kind of briefly go over some of the highlights obviously doomfist came out um, and, you know, we, we've talked about him to death over the last few weeks. Uh, also, the new highlight system went into place. So, uh, you know, on top of your highlights being organized better, you can now capture 12-second clips, it looks like, and you can also export those clips. Like, you can have a hotkey, just like you do for your shadow play. Um, and uh, I guess, I, I wonder, hmm, that's interesting. I wonder on console, how do you do that? I didn't even check that out. I just thought about that right now. I have uh, Overwatch for PC, Xbox One, and for PS4. So, um, 
I'm curious to see how that how that actually goes on console because you know it's not like you have that many available buttons to do so. <laughs> you know, you can't just like put your pinky overhead F12. You know, save your clip. So uh, you can export highlights, um, which I guess that means on the on the PS4 you just be able to save it and then uh, you know do your share play later. So I am curious to see how that works. Uh, I think it's up up down down left right left right ABA select start. Uh, thank you, Bob. Appreciate that. Bob always with the insight. Man, I'm old. Give me a break. <sighs> All right. So um, also they adjusted the respawn timing to limit defensive stalling strategies when the offensive team has a clear advantage and plays aggressively. I think they made that change before, but I think they just they, they made it a bit a bit more aggressive now so that people can't just, you know, the, the defenders can't keep just trickling on to the uh, – to the to the to the point and stop the match from going on. Even though, I'll be honest with you, I never really noticed. I didn't notice a big change from before. So maybe the changes were so weak that they had to, you know, they had to make it more aggressive. Anybody else notice those changes? I remember when they said they put them in, but I never noticed them. So go ahead. I I have not noticed. I'd like to hear what Skyline has has to say. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I I mean, it's hard to notice as the player in the game. It's much easier to notice while you're watching the game, and it definitely had a bit of an impact. If you, well, the thing is, it's kind of strange because teams got better at stalling as the like as these changes kept happening. So really, stalling is just at maybe a little bit better, but pretty much just as bad as it was several months ago. It's just that. Teams got so much better that they overcame the changes. If you took these teams today and you put them in back before all the changes were made and they kept nerfing stalling, then it would uh, it would be ridiculous. There'd just be perma stall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully it does actually help this time. I haven't uh, I haven't been in a situation where that's happened since the patch. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, also, you can create custom reticles now, which is something that I think is pretty cool, even Super though I haven't cool. messed with it too much. Yeah, I haven't messed with it too much. Bob, weren't you having some problems with that? Sorry. Say it one more time. Weren't you having some problems with the custom reticles? No. Well, you were complaining about how big the, the default was. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just the, if you just go crosshair, the default puts a, a bubble in or a, 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 a dot inside the crosshair. It makes it huge. I just didn't like the original one. And I didn't like, I don't know. There was, there was a lot of parts of it. I didn't like the defaults. I thought they could have been the same as they were before and then let you modify what they were before it was just a little off-putting to me when i had to change it all when i wanted to play to be honest yeah i think that they should have kept the old defaults and let you just change the defaults because a lot of people were like hey i just want to use short crosshairs i just want to use the same one i had before and it's difficult to get that back yeah i i I had custom crosshairs on almost everybody and i was kind of saying to bob and then as soon as i switched to reinhardt i'm like Oh, never mind. No, I didn't. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I did. I did think that was a little that, that was a little much. But um, 
you know, it, it only took me a few, not even a few minutes, like, you know, a couple clicks to get it back to where I wanted it to be. Uh, so there were some character balance changes. Uh, we, like I said, we had talked about these already, but I just wanted to, you know, here's what actually came through. Um, actually, this is not even a character balance change. Defense Matrix, Diva now has more voice lines. Same thing with Genji's uh, when, he def- when he deflects ultimates. That's broken. Yeah. They, I can't believe they did that. That's yeah. too much. Add to the salt of getting your ultimate eaten. I know. It already hurts enough, and now Diva taunts you for it. Yeah, well, you want you know what I like about the diva, like the diva one where she eats the, uh, you know, when she, you know, eats the ultimate. Before I wasn't a hundred percent sure if maybe the game was broken. Was there a little lag? Now you'll know for sure if diva eats your graviton search, you know, or you know, so some or if she like uh, what's another one that I used to see. Um, eaten and then i wasn't sure if i just died too fast or if diva actually ate it which was a maze ultimate you know that used to happen to me there so both diva and genji now have um voice lines they do when they eat your ultimate or, or reflect your ultimate uh the the mccree flashbang change came through where uh enemies are heavily slowed when they get hit with the flashbang this should stop people from like sliding around corners and stuff like that so that should be helpful the reaper uh voiceover and sound effect uh distance has been reduced by 50 percent. that's another one we had talked about the reinhardt uh hammer swing was increased by 10 percent. that was nice i actually when i played with you bob i that was my first time playing reinhardt in a while and uh it felt pretty good it definitely i could before when it was happening when the problem was happening where the swings weren't were, were a little bit lagged i didn't really notice it until somebody said something and now that it's back to uh to normal because they fixed that and the the hammer swing has increased by 10 percent, i think it does feel a lot better is it gonna put reinhardt back in the meta i don't think so <laughs> but it's still it's still nice to have it feels he's, nice to play him like that yeah yeah he has been back in quite a <clears throat> quite a bit in high plat low low diamond but he's been dying quite a bit like pretty fast yeah, and his well, uh, charge still feels weird Oh no! I've been getting the pins. Like when I when I charge, like nobody's getting hit to the sides anymore. Like it's definitely like yeah, it's but definitely you're not them. hitting them at all now. So before you at least caused some havoc in your charge if you if you if you missed them. But now you just go right by them. At least that's what it seemed like to me. I haven't played a ton of it. I only played them in the custom games over the weekend. I did not play them in comp. Mm. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't. I haven't whiffed on anybody with the Reinhardt charge since the changes. So guy, you're not a big, a big Ryan, Ryan player, right? No, but I was big enough to, I don't know, get a handful of charges last time I played. So feels good to me until other until proven otherwise. What about you, Skyline? Uh, Do you play Ryan at all? No, I'm not. I'm not a Reinhardt player at all. I just played Ryan. Like back when Reinhardt was mandatory, I would only play Reinhardt. Like maybe five times a season when it was 100% mandatory, but he was pretty fun. That was like 10 times I've ever played him. I have so many hours of Reinhardt and I hated every minute of it, but no one would pick him and you had to have him. Uh, also, Zarya, uh, Graviton Search, which we kind of mentioned earlier, now disables uh, mobility abilities on all affected targets. So. It's insane. 
it's insane yeah because it, it also turns off recall right like it still does Everything. that you can't even you can't doomfist ultimate you can't literally anything uh there's Dude. no escaping it except for invulnerability moves like reaper's that's reaper, it. Just, just reaper orissa and mercy's ultimate yes Yes, yep, those right. are the those those are the three. In general, yeah. I I don't like I don't like changes that just put flat like you're dead changes on like I don't like changes that take away from counterplay. And I think that this change is really going to have bad effects in the future for Zarya. Uh that's what I said about the mercy change as well, you know, when she got invulnerability. I was like, this I don't think that things should be uncounterable. I think this will be a bad long long term change, and it wound up being that. So hopefully I uh, get the prediction right again. I, I think that this is, well, hopefully I'm wrong, but I'm probably going to get the prediction right again that this Zarya change is probably going to be bad in the long term and it's going to wind up being degenerate. Yeah, I mean, I honestly didn't, I was surprised when they made the change. I didn't see the need for it, you know? Yeah, it was already really the strongest see... ult in the game. <laughs> like, I, I really didn't see the need for it. And especially out of all the moves, you know, I, I did think that tra- you should be able to recall with Tracer. I mean, she's literally going back in time. Like, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a little bit different. So, and that's not like I'm a Tracer fanboy or something like that. It just it just makes sense. So if it's know, a black hole and she's going back in time, would that make her go forward in time? Actually, yeah. This technically, f- black holes <laughs> do trap time. I just I just thought about the whole black hole time connection that's true but uh if the black hole can't hold a uh can't hold hold a four-legged omnic (laughs) and a guy that turns into smoke i'm i'm pretty sure we can allow for some time travel the the black hole can hold (laughs) reaper Junkrat's trap can hold reaper but zarya's old kit yes (laughs) a physical trap can hold reaper in smoke (laughs) form yep there's just certain things that it's, you just sometimes have to fall back on. It's a video game, right? <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, so I guess those are the patches, uh, that came through. Um, maybe we'll get more patches, uh, like, cause I know they're supposed to be doing some work on the PTR this week, but maybe then we'll see some, uh, some more patches come through with summer games. Uh, we'll see, which we will be talking about summer games in a minute here, but yesterday oh, I, I was, uh, I just had a quick thought. I think I was like at the gym and I'm out of nowhere. This roadhog fix pops into my head, you know, because there was that it actually kind of happened because, you know, Bob brought up the fact that this weekend there were a ton of roadhog posts on the forums. Like people were kind of like they did with diva, you know, those diva, all those diva threads they tried to make to get blizzard to bring diva back. They did the same thing with roadhog. So, the uh, the forum admins over at, at um, Blizzard had uh, um, their hands full this weekend, but basically a lot of the fixes that people suggested would bring Roadhog back to his one hit killing ways, which I never thought was a huge problem. Um, I thought that it was a good trade off for what for the type of tank that he is. But people want to bring that back, but you know you didn't have this whole other group of people who are really upset at that, right? So I think that we we they need to make they need to take roadhog and actually turn him into a real tank like basically right now he feels like a a, a dps with a huge uh health pool is, is what he kind of feels like and the disadvantage of picking him even if you can get kills with him is that he is very good at charging enemy ultimates and these new changes 
that they want to make to them because uh, make, uh, make, uh, that they're going to be putting on a PTR soon, which um, actually, I'm sorry, I didn't put that into the show notes here, but I'm pretty sure everybody here has heard that they want to uh, make it so that he can move when he uh, when he's healing himself. And when he's healing himself, he takes less damage, but still keeps him alive. It, he's still an alt battery. It's not a good pick to make in comp. So I have some suggested changes and I like to hear what everybody has to say. Uh, my first change is to actually remove self-healing from Roadhog because it makes the rest of this work. Like it doesn't make him overpowered, but you remove self-healing from Roadhog. Uh, you change his health from 600 to 400 normal health and 200 shield. So he can kind of bounce back if he survives an encounter. 200 armor, right? Not shield. No, I said I say shield because I think it should be able to regenerate back. Oh, okay. like he should gotcha. it should be a death sense. I don't want mercy to constantly have to be on top of Roadhog and recharging him because it's it's not like he's a soldier seventy six where she tops him off at two hundred health and goes to somebody else. He's gonna need you know the six hundred health. It's like three times the average, right? So you take his ability where he used to inhale the gas or whatever, and you turn that into like some type of breakable item, right? And this is going to sound really original, but he takes the item and he throws it on the ground. And then there's an aura around, around him that anybody in the aura does less, uh, get, uh, had, they have a resistance buff. So let's say they take a third less damage while they're in the aura. The thing I can't decide is like, should you be able to travel with the aura or does it need to stay in one place? Go ahead. You know, what would be, you know, what might be cool and more thematic to Roadhog is that same concept, except instead it's like an it's an offensive it's an offensive aura that decreases the damage of players around like a gas. You know, he has this gas around him because he has yeah. like gas mask and stuff. You know, so uh, you know it's like this noxious gas that reduces people's damage by X percentage or something. It's yeah. the same idea, just instead of buffing your people, it nerfs the other people. It nerves them. So you want to throw him to throw like the gas to them, the people doing the damage. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that taking your idea that would be more thematic to what Roadhog is. Well, yeah, because it's the same toxic. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think of that. I thought when we talked about it in pre-show, like he should, like the aura should go with him. Like he just takes the gas and then he emits something, but. Yours is actually better. It would be kind of like Anna's grenade tactic. Yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. And it makes it harder for like people to combine the Anna and Roadhog thing. Like if they both, if they threw Anna's grenade and Roadhog's, uh, you know, this theoretical, you know, gas yeah. down. With, with the way I, I said it, like that could that that was the thing that I was worried about. Like, could that be taken advantage of? Could it be overpowered? If you're able to move with it, uh, now you got Lucio speed boosting people who can get heals fast and are taking less damage. And to a point, like it kind of uh, perpetuates yeah, that, the yeah. the dive comp. Go for and it. That that would that would go along with his zone control thing because right now his whole concept is he zones he he controls spaces. You're like you can't go there. I will kill you 100 percent with my hook. So you could just add to that with the gas. You could gas that area, be in position to hook people in that area. It would just increase the space. So, I mean, I think that's a pretty cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I was a big uh, Hog fan. He was never, I, never my most played character, but I always had fun playing him. And I was a little, I was, I was a little upset when they nerfed him. Cause I'm like, okay, well 
I used to have a problem with Roadhog hooking me in, like one hooking me and one shotting me too. But I kind of learned to work around that by listening for his footsteps, uh, you know, baiting out his hook, stuff like that. And I was hoping the community would be able to do the same thing. And I was just like, nope, we're just gonna put Roadhog into the ground, which we've seen a drastic change, obviously, in his uh, his pick rate. Um, so hopefully, yeah, you know, I think I might put that in the Blizzard forums. Maybe they'll pick me. I don't know. <laughs> with, with your idea, actually, so they'll pick us. That's <laughs> oh, your idea. I just, I just uh, tweaked it a tad. Well, it's it's our idea now. We share that. We're All we're right. bonded forever now. <laughs> idea buddies. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and get into our weekly updates. Weekly updates. All right. So let's start with summer games. Um. We 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 actually had something lined up talking about some data mining that had happened uh, regarding uh, the live client, and so we had some information about summer games. But then right before we recorded, Jeff Kaplan and the Overwatch team delivers a developer update confirming that summer games was happening. No shit, and given some details, uh, and the link to the video will be in the show notes. Um, as we expected, he did say all skins were coming back. Which is cool, and I'm like, okay, that's great. And then on top of that, actually, one thing I forgot to mention with the patch notes, the changes for the loot boxes went in, too. So you're going to get less duplicates. Um, you should be getting significantly less duplicates, and this is a great time for that to happen because Summer Games are here. Uh, so if you didn't get you know, the best skin in the game, the real American McCree skin, now you can get one. And it's the best skin in the game, arguably, because the gun is the same color as the american flag there's nothing more american there's nothing more american in any video game you asked me my favorite skin i forgot about that one yeah that that's a really good one yeah (laughs) so uh yeah so then now what i didn't realize was that uh they were going to discount well actually first of all last year when the summer games happened you couldn't buy uh the event skins you can now buy the event skins and the old skins will be priced at normal price. So 1, if it was an, yeah, if it's a legendary, it's one thousand. If it's an epic, what is that? Um that's like three hundred something normally. I think it's three hundred. Yeah. So uh yeah that's gonna happen. So two fifty? Yep. Two fifty. Okay. So yeah, it's again being that most of the skins in the summer games were epics uh and then not legendaries. You'll, uh, I think a lot of people are going to be happy. I mean, hopefully they come up with skins this year that are actually better than last year. Um, but if not, there were some pretty good skins last year for you to grab. Uh, one thing we did learn with the data mining is that it looks like there's going to be about 40 new items for Summer Games. And Jeff Kaplan in the video mentioned that there will be a new Jungle Rat Legendary. Uh, there's going to be a new Mercy skin that he says is really good. And then, I don't know, he, he, like, he just... When it came to McCree and, and Widowmaker, he didn't say that they're getting new skins, but I don't know what else they could get. He just said the community would be very happy. So I hope he's not talking about voice lines because Jaws never happy about voice lines. <laughs> they're like stocking stuffers. I hate them. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, they, he also mentioned Lucio Ball's coming back. There's going to be a new stadium for Lucio Ball. They removed the ability for Lucio to boop his enemies. And so he can still do it to the ball, but not his enemies. And uh, his ultimate now makes him move faster, his ability recharge faster, and you can jump higher. And then also we found out that there's going to be, for three weeks, there's going to be competitive Lucio Ball. 
So I'm in. I know if you play 10 games, you get a special spray. And if you get top 500, you get a special uh, spray as well. But yeah, I imagine it's going to have its own SR system. You know, so I guess I'm converting my channel. (laughs) (laughs) All Lucio Ball all the time. (laughs) Everybody loved Lucio Ball. It was so much fun. Lucio Ball was a lot of fun. I, I do. Now you'll have more reasons to play it. And uh, I'm actually kind of curious to see the, you know, these super technical videos they're going to have coming out of Super of Lucio Ball, <laughs> how to get top 500 at Lucio Ball. So that should be uh, pretty cool. Uh, additionally, with the, with the uh, data mining, it appears that either we're going to, they're, they're, they're definitely working on console reporting options. Uh, when they're going to be releasing them, we don't know, but there was data found in the, uh, in the live client that shows that, you know, they already have like messages set for console players, uh, for when you report them and the report is like accepted. So, uh, I think that's great because one of the biggest problems of playing on console is that reporting does nothing. Um, moving on to Overwatch League. Uh, we got some information about that finally. So we'll just go through, uh, since you know this came out last week, we'll just kind of go through the details here. But uh, it says that they we, we gave us some information, said that teams will sign players to a one-year guaranteed contract with the option to extend the contract for an additional year. The minimum salary for players will be $50,000. Teams will provide players with health insurance and retirement savings. Teams will distribute at least 50% of their performance bonuses um, i.e. the money winning playoffs and league events to their players directly. Uh, the total player bonus is available for Overwatch League teams in Season 1 will amount to $35 million, uh, with a minimum of $1 million U.S. dollars Three. awarded to the Season 1 champion. 3.5 million, I think. Did I say $1 million twice? I think you said $35 million. Oh, I was like, right. that's a lot. <laughs> that is- <laughs> yes, three, uh, yes, I want in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, three point five million. Each team roster must have six players and no more than twelve. Uh, there is no region locking in terms of birthplace or home country of any player, and teams will provide player housing and practice facilities during the season, which will meet professional standards set by Overwatch League. Uh, so far, so good. It sounds it sounds pretty good for uh, for the players. It does sound like Blizzard is kind of you know looking out for the players' best interest. Uh, and fifty thousand dollars that's nothing to sneeze at. You know, that's I think that's a good that's minimum. Lisa. Yeah, with I mean that definitely puts you into the middle class with <laughs> you housing. Know. Shit, I'll yeah. take that yeah. to play a game. With. I'll make that to play a game. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know, man. Like if you like. It's you hear that like oh well they're getting all this to play a game yes but most of the time like you know in other esports or even if you look at the FGC a lot of these players put way more than forty hours a week oh, yeah, into practicing this stuff actually that's part yeah. of uh, I I definitely think that I was on track on like on track to have a skill level upwards of pro level as I was uh, you know going out of season one for Overwatch and people were like well. Why are you doing the YouTube? Why don't you just like, well, actually, when I was coaching teams, people were suspicious. They're like, well, I mean, why would you coach if you could just play? Like for Elevate, for example, you know, I was teaching their Anna player how to play Anna and stuff. Like, 
you know, it's like, why, why don't you just play? It's like, well, because if I were to play, I would be spending 60 hours a week playing. Like, like that's yeah. way too much time. Like, you have to yeah. always play. Because if you stop playing for a week or two weeks, then you, like, it's hard to get back in. You're, you've fallen behind. Yeah, and absolutely. burnout, too. Dude, I mean, I've happen. told this. I think I've told the story before, but back when I used to play, you know, Cow League, I would work 40 hours a week and then over the course of a weekend be playing 30 to 40 hours a week to be ready for the match on Monday. And we weren't getting paid, (laughs) you know, so these guys who are doing this professionally, like they definitely put the work in like it's 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 no joke. Uh, So we'll we'll continue to keep up on that. Um, small change coming to Elios that should help snipers. They are changing uh, the sight lines uh, so that they're equal on both sides. They're like changing some tree sizes. So if you play Widowmaker, good for you. Uh, Junkrat, it looks like it's going to be getting a buff on the PTR. Two trip mines. Two trip mines. Like, I don't. I, I, he the one of the reasons he puts why because he thinks like, this is this is uh, I think Jeff Johns where he thinks it'll be cool to be able to triple jump up to a Farah. I'm like, that's not cool. That's not cool at all. <laughs> yeah, gonna, I'm more likely to throw the mines up at her just like I do now. Yeah, they'll have yeah. reduced they'll have reduced damage, so you can't just one shot people with two mines, but I, yeah, I think down it'll be to cool. 90. I think it'll make it very. F- I'm. I mean, I might even play Junkrat because it, it feel it feels really really fun to be able to just mine bounce around because before you either had to use your mind for mobility, and then you lost a lot of damage, or you used your mind for damage and you had no mobility. So now Junkrat players can experience the full Junkrat experience without having to give up anything. If you've ever played it with no cooldowns, it's the funniest oh, yeah. thing in the world because you could just fly across the map. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. It's hilarious. I'm just of the mindset that Junkrat doesn't need any additional help. They made it so he's not damaged by his own grenades. That's good enough. They're also looking into possible buffs for Riptire, but he didn't get into that. I'm like, what? Again? Like, why? But uh, that's just me. I'm like, I guess I'm a Junkrat. never kills a... anybody? Oh, no. I've Dude. seen it kill people. Yeah, I mean, not, do, is I it mean, killing not four or in, five people? Not in no. the upper S, like the upper SRs, it's dead em- like immediately. Well, you don't see, well, I mean, you're seeing more junk rat than you used to, but it's not like you're seeing a whole lot of junk rat out there. Uh, I've seen well, more you know. lately. Yeah, you've seen more lately, but still, you know. But I, 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 like I said, I've definitely seen it kill a few people. <laughs> killing one kill, like killing the right person at the right time could make a big difference. So. But uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and wrap up on that since, you know, we had the interview. It's, it's been kind of long. Uh, so as always, we want to hear about your Overwatch stories. So definitely send those in. You got something funny, kind of like, you know, or, or a success story like Bull Oxide. You know, go ahead and send that in. We love hearing stuff like that. Uh, we do have a PS4 community and Xbox One Club. Uh, both of those are called Watchpoint Radio Overwatch on both PS4 and Xbox. So you can join that and we can uh, hook up some time to play. We also have a Discord that I mentioned earlier, which is discord.mash4.me. And uh, uh, Skyline, what was your Discord? Uh, you have one as well. Skyline OW. That's it. Skyline. Skyline OW. Hey, before we leave, someone left a really funny joke on one of my videos. I have to share it just now. I made a okay, video. Awesome. I made a video about keybinds, like five cool uh, keybinds you can set to. Uh, Make you make you a little bit better. And someone said, "My favorite keybind is pressing Q on McCree to respawn." 
<laughs> nice. Nice. Awesome. Uh, oh, as always, I do like to talk about Heroes of Overwatch, the Facebook group with a lot of players from Overwatch on multiple platforms. So if you're looking for somebody to play with or just want to see the dankest memes in Overwatch, go ahead and check out Heroes of Overwatch on Facebook. Uh, as always, we appreciate you guys listening. We're available on multiple podcast platforms. We're available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts for iOS, Overcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Cast, SoundCloud, Podbean, and we have an RSS feed in case you have a uh, custom uh, podcatcher. Links are available for each platform right on the Matchless Buttons website. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash watchpointradio. We're also available at twitter.com slash MTB site, facebook.com slash smash those buttons, and youtube.com slash smash those buttons. Uh, Skyline here, I guess. You can tell them where they can find you across the, you Just, know. Uh, search Skyline internet. on YouTube. We already explained I go, I'm above the car, so it's pretty easy to find me. In fact, yeah, just Google Skyline Overwatch and stuff. I'm right there. Uh, smash that like button, subscribe, all that good stuff. All right, great. And Bob? You can find me on Twitter at Blazin underscore Bob. That's B-L-A-Z-Z-I-N underscore B-O-B. You can find me on Twitch on Blazin Bob. And that's about it. Anthony? Uh, WPR underscore the runs um, on Twitter. And find me in the Discord. Come hang out. Yeah. You can see how much he used it by how he had to squint to pull it from memory. It's, um <laughs> yeah, you can find me on underscore jaw underscore on twitter and uh church of jaw on twitch when i do stream which is uh, kind of rare very casual streaming um always I, I always like to encourage everybody to reach out to us uh with any questions or comments about the latest episodes you can you know uh email us at wpr at com. hit us on twitter facebook the website wherever and we'll try to get uh, your questions on the next episode. Uh, if you enjoy the show and you want to help us out, the best way to help us out is to actually share the podcast with others. And if you really want to help us out, do us a solid. It'll be great if you can go to uh, your podcast platform of choice and rate and review the show. That is a tremendous help, and we appreciate everybody that does that. We also have the store open, so you can you know buy uh, WPR shirts and other matches buttons uh, merchandise. Just go to matchesbuttons.com and hit the store link and it'll take you there. And I encourage you to stay, uh, tuned to the show, uh, after the show to hear what's coming next week on matches buttons. And, uh, you can go to matchesbuttons.com slash shows to see all of our podcasts. So, uh, like I said earlier, thank you for listening. Thank you very much. Skyline for coming on and hanging out with us. We know it was a bit of a long show. <laughs> thank you here. so much. It was awesome, dude. Awesome. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, Bob we wouldn't are not shut worthy. up about you. We're not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, all right, guys. We will catch you next week. Catch you guys later. Good luck in the comp matches. Never forget to stay positive and have a great day.